We'll check it out, y'all. We got what you need. We're all living in apartments, condos, vans. Well, dude, even you can have a studio. A studio in a box. Yes, we can help you with that right here at Blind Knowledge. We work on your budget, and we figure out your measurements. We'll get you the best sound for the best price. Let me know, 877-237-1143 or at blindknowledge.com. Yep. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to Maniacal Music Musings, the greatest show on earth, or so we like to think. But I'm your host, Jeremy, and a beloved member of the Moonflower Society, of course. And I just want you to know, I tame the storm of arabesque women every day. I wish I had an angel as I walk down the Alban path to my Walden. All I gotta do is fish slaying the dreamer to kill the pain away and bring rhyme and reason back to this ghost love score that is my life. My co-host, though, is misplaced among the angels, trying to hide the scars the carpenter gave him. He brings forth the end of all hope as he gives all his loving to the kinslayer and says, welcome to the shadows. The poet and the pendulum warned it won't be long until the end as he sits in the forest with his gray beard, having story time with all the children. Chancy motherfucking Grife! Hi. Hello. You like you like how I brought that back, Chancy, the story time with the children in the forest. <laughs> I mean, I suppose, yeah. You do pretty all right. Back. You do pretty all right with your introductions. I had to bring it back, dude. It's a callback to Phoenix's this episode like a year ago. <laughs> I know. <laughs> He's like, I'm holding my rant for later. <laughs> Calm yourself, Jeremy. Calm yourself. And that's right, folks. We are back once again. And the guest we have this week, I am so proud to have, especially after hearing some of the beautiful sounds she has created. And I might fuck this up, folks, but we are joined by Catherine Gard. Perfect. Oh, thank okay. you. Shit. Yeah, you did it right. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. And just so everybody knows, Catherine is a singer, a harpist, and a composer model, which I've heard two, I've heard two of them, and I've seen the third, and all of them are very true and very great. So we are honored to have such a skilled woman, woman on our show, because we love showing off musicians, especially female musicians, because they don't get enough love in this world, especially in this genre, especially in this fucking genre, so... I am very happy to have her on. And hello, random Facebook user who I don't know who you are. Please allow StreamYard to use your name. They promise they won't take your soul just yet. But as always, well, first things first, let's just start off a little simple here. Catherine, what made you want to get into music? Well, um, I've always felt like I was born for art in general. And music was always a part of my life and in everything here. I am I am from Peru um, at origin, and we love having music everywhere, like 
for everything. In the bus, you have music in the streets at night. <laughs> it's always party and music of different kinds. And I grew up listening to different kinds of music um, that we listen here, uh, from pop to folk music from this country. And since we have different regions that are have their particularity, so there's many, many types of different music according to the region. And then we celebrate everything, like Mother's Day, Father's Day, anything day in, at schools. They will always do... Um, presentations like dancing, choreography. So I would have a lot of music just because I would participate and dance uh, the traditional dances that we have here. Uh, other times I would just recite poems. Uh, a couple times I did sing. And so that means that we are quite used to being like on stage, let's say. We always, like every year, we would do things like that. And so it kind of grew up with me and at first I thought I would do acting so I studied a theater and then at some point I I was I, I was kind of in a situation where I had to choose what to do and the music was always like kind of crawling back like saying hey I'm here and I was like missing it so much so I decided to change to music and study composition and although I love acting a lot, I never missed it in such a strong way as I did when I wasn't doing any music. So that's how I knew um, that was going to be like my main thing. And so I switched in 2016, I decided I would, I would do music full time. And since then I've been working on learning, um, acquiring the skill. Um, perfect, improving at singing and learning theory, etc. And now I am kind of in a more advanced level. So in April, I will start a program for movie soundtrack composition, which is something that I love. Like, I love movies in general, especially animation movies and historical dramas. So I realized that I will be always paying attention to the soundtracks and the music um, and sometimes even do other things and just follow the story only with the music and the dialogues, not even barely looking at the images at all. So that's, that's truly something I'm very, very excited about to start this year. Well, I can't wait to see where you go with it. I honestly can't because based on what I've heard already, you doing movie soundtracks would be freaking incredible. So, and yeah. movie soundtracks kind of tie into a bunch of a couple of the artists on here today. Well, actually, all three artists in a way, kind of. And uh, oh, Chancy, it was the bubbly one. Thank you. Hey, what's up, nice Bubbles? And well, let's get to start off the way we always start off, Catherine. And I know this is kind of a this didn't really happen the way it usually happens, but what um did you want to bring this week and why did you want to bring it? Okay, so uh, to me it was difficult to choose like an album because I'm more used to actually listen to in single songs, like individual songs. Like I had this, I have this thing where when I find a song that I love, I can spend months and months just listening to that song before I feel like going to explore anything else that that artist has done for some reason. So 
um, it was difficult for me to choose an album. I think the only band that I really listened to everything they did from beginning to, to end uh, was Rainbow. <laughs> yeah, the three first albums with Ronnie James Dio and then I listened to the rest with all the other singers. And I just love all the faces that that band has like from me. Of course, like the first three albums are my favorite, but I love almost everything that they have done so that's the only band that I really was like I listened to all I could find uh, of them so I decided to choose uh, this um I I this album as, as uh, looks like um I'm sorry I don't remember the name this this um one second <laughs> ah. um it's um it's this album where Nemo by Nightwish is included. That um... I'll help you out here. I'll help you out. The, the album, folks, is called Decades by Nightwish because. Thank you. Catherine wanted to bring uh, Nightwish's album once because Nemo is originally from that album, yes. and I I had to tell her. Well, unfortunately, like most Nightwish albums, I already brought that album on, <laughs> um, but I came up with a solution for her as. Nightwish did an album back in 2018 called Decades, which was a greatest hits collection as they welcomed their new singer. And I mean, I'll go into my story about that a little bit later. But so that's the album that Catherine wanted to bring. And since it kind of was your first time hearing this album fully through, I got to hear what did you think of Nightwish's greatest hits? Well, so um, when I was in the school, like, I think that was um, 2012, I think, I had a friend, a very good friend of mine, who was the girl who, dis who introduced me to all this world of uh, symphonic metal. Basically, that was something that she was listened to a lot. And I remember the first song ever that she showed to me was Nemo. And that was a point where I always knew that I wanted to compose music, but I wasn't sure what kind of music, because I love, for example, people like Christina Aguilera, so soul, pop, things like that. But I didn't really see myself writing that. So I love singing it. I love listening to that, but not really writing that so I was there like I don't know then I also had this um, I have this love for all classical music so I wasn't sure and then she showed me that and I was like oh, I want to write something like that like as soon as I heard that I knew okay that's that's what this kind of the song I want actually so it's a very very important song in that sense in how it shaped my decisions for music so I find it one of the most defining songs that in my life. And I will always thank her for that. <laughs> so that's the reason why I wanted to bring that album. And so, yeah, Nemo is one of the five songs that I picked, obviously. Well, uh, you can hold the other four for a minute till we get to the top five. But 
What do you think overall, since I'm guessing this is the most exposure you had to Nightwish? Uh, what I think of what, sorry? Uh, the, like the whole album in general, since the, I'm guessing this is the most exposure you've had to Nightwish since you basically, I mean, I don't know if you ever listened to other stuff they did, but I mean, I know you love Nemo. So I was like, yeah. all right, if she wants an album, I'll give her, I'll let her bring this album on because it's Nemo plus all the greatest hits from the last like 15, 20 years. So yeah, what? yeah, I, I know a few songs. It's, it's funny because I, I would get to the songs just um, randomly from, I would listen to that on YouTube or Spotify and they would suggest and other songs will come up. And yeah. then I realized listening to the album once that most of the songs that I like from them come from that same album. So I said, oh, it's perfect then. I uh, wish I had an angel, I think is, is in that album as well. Um, well, this, I mean, this, this album was a great hits album. So it's, it's from yeah, like yeah. six, it's seven good. different albums they've done, but it's, it's all, it's what, it's what, well, what either they consider the greatest hits or what their uh, record producer consider the greatest hits. I'm not sure which, but I yeah, they originally I belong, debate, but. <laughs> yeah, they originally belong to other albums. But if I talk just about the once album, most of my favorite songs are on that album. So yeah. um, the decades album has does have songs that I love from different. I it doesn't have Wishmaster, for example. I love that one. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, how was the other ever dream as well? Yeah. So really lovely. I love the cover that they did of um of this song. They did um oh, okay. uh, there's a cover that they did. I don't remember the name, uh, but it's a very famous one. Um they Over did the Hills and Over the Hills and Far Away. Uh that there's that one as well, but uh that's how I discovered that song. That's how I discovered Gary Moore, ironically. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to but, think um, cover No, it's not that one. It's that. It's, uh, um, shit. I'm um, trying to think. I, I usually know all their stuff by heart. I, <laughs> I think it's um, the. Wait, I, I find it. I'll find it. Well, while you're finding it, I'm going to let Chanty tell us For what he's doing. High hopes. High oh, hopes. I, I, oh, that is a cover. You're right. I always forget that's a cover. It's amazing cover. They really did a great, great job on that one. I absolutely love it. Well, I'm I'm yeah. glad, and I'm I'm glad I was able to bring you an album to show you. I was able to I was glad I was able to suggest an album to you that would introduce you to Nightwish through the ages, basically, from yeah. their first ever demo, for God's sake, <laughs> back in '96, '97, all the way to their stuff from their newest album that. Oh, okay, not newest. Their second newest album that came out back in 2015, 2016. So, it's a lot of great variety of music. I'll get to that in a minute. I'll get to my review. And uh, what's going on, Matt? Glad to have you watching, buddy. And chance a lot. What did you think of your oh seventh time listening to Nightwish plus the bracket we did for Nightwish? So I know I've always given you a hard time about you know stuff like Nightwish and Powerwolf and Avantasia and stuff like that. You know, just because you know we're friends and I like to give you a bad time. But gee, thanks. <laughs> It there was always like for me it was always like it was it it's difficult to fully explain because I love so many things about it, but at the same time it just doesn't it just for it just never sat with me for some reason and I couldn't put my finger on it until I was preparing for this show. 
and I and I figured it out. So I love the vocals. I love the beautiful, clean, melodic vocals as its own entity. I love the instrumentals. The instrumentals are amazing as its own entity. But like put together for me, as it is with most symphonic metal, it just it it feels uh, slightly out of place in certain respects. Like with just with like those in general, and it's not even a matter of like oh I don't like this. It's because like I said, I love all the independent parts, but put together. For me, it's it's uh, I I I've definitely over the course of the past like thirty six hours learned how to appreciate it more, but especially because I, I, I think that's I think what bothered me the most about it is not knowing why I didn't like it while simultaneously extremely appreciating and enjoying the other like the individual elements of the band and uh i once i got past that it was like oh okay so then i was able to just like i'd had to listen to stuff multiple times so i could pay attention to the vocals pay attention to the instruments so i mean i didn't realize it was a greatest hits album but it makes sense because it was like two hours long so it's like i gotta figure out i gotta figure it out i gotta listen to it like six times i didn't listen to it it was it wasn't really six times but it was like you know it was at least once or twice but like yeah it and i i'm kind of happy in a way because it always bothered me so much why i like liked it and didn't like it at the same time but at least i now understand why it was that what bothered me so much about it as far as that it wasn't the band itself it was just the fact that I felt I hated the conflict of liking something and not liking something simultaneously. Yeah, but, I, I, I've been there with music, certain music, but well, let me just say this because I'm not I'm not going to drag on into a rant for an hour here about this because I've talked about Nightwish on this show more times than I talk about any band. So let me just say this: this album that I suggested to that she brings and she couldn't bring the one she wanted to bring. This album was, I have the physical copy of this album. It's probably the newest physical copy of a CD I own because I went to the concert when they were touring for decades and to see Nightwish for the first time live. And they handed out this CD as you're walking in the door. And to hear nice. all, to hear all, I know, right? And like pretty much everybody hanging out the CDs looks exactly the same because Finnish people have a very similar look to them. So they all look like they could have been twins. But it's it was just yeah, that was funny and then i mean the concert was just oh my god it's still in my top three concerts of all time uh, definitely it was an amazing concert there's not even a mosh pit or anything i mean you think there would be there's jumping around there's people uh crowd surfing and all that but there's giant beach balls getting knocked around but there's no mosh pit because that's just not the vibe nightwish brings to concerts you don't do that to nightwish it's just it's a more of a celebration of life than a let's fuck shit up, like, type of thing. Like, it's just, it's a celebration of life, almost. And when they when they start the show for this album, because there's no opening act for them. There's no fucking opening act. It's just them in all their glory. And when they started, they even say, like, please put away your cell phones. You're going back in time tonight to a simpler time. There's no need for any electronics here. And they, they 
did the whole album in reverse from the beginning, from their demo all the way up to their, they ended it with um, the 21 minute song. Hmm. And so, I mean, it was an amazing, amazing concert. Met a cool couple on the line outside in 30 degree weather that uh, happened to have a joint on them and smoked it with me, which was awesome. But they're like in the fifties. I, I, I was just like saying to them, like, oh crap, I, I was talking to them about random stuff. I'm like, oh crap, I forgot to bring a joint or something to smoke before the show. And she, and the wife taps the husband. She's like, oh yeah, you got that, don't you? He opens up his jacket, pulls out a fucking J. I'm like, oh, oh, thank you, thank you. And like, they're like, you want to smoke? I'm like, let's do it. So literally spoken with like a 50-year-old couple I never met before in my life. It was a freaking awesome experience. They gave it to me when it was like halfway done. They're like, oh, we're good. You can have the rest. So I just like started smoking with everybody around me because I'm a nice guy. And it was just a fun show. And to finally see them live, and it was on St. Patrick's Day. Like, that's just awesome to me. It was on St. Patrick's Day. But to see them live was one of my life dreams come true. Literally one of my life dreams come true because... I've been a Nightwish fan, as most of our listeners know, since like 2005, six. So I've been in with them for a long freaking time. And to see them live pretty much a decade after I got into them was huge. So I'm happy a great hits album by them got brought on because I will debate that this is the greatest hits any day of the week. I'll debate it because I, like you said, Wishmaster isn't on it. Beauty and the Beast isn't on it. Beauty of the Beast, or not Beauty of the Beast, uh, yeah, Beauty of the Beast is not it. There are so many, I, I mean, I'm going to make a great hit down for everybody to have to be like five seasons long. Like, it really would. But it's just, there's no narrowing it down at some point. But a, a box set, if you will. I, I mean, just put a box set of all the seasons in there. Just, you're good. You're good. I mean, leave out the newest one, maybe, maybe. But, I mean, you're good with the rest of them. So, I mean, I'm rant over. I'm not going to go any more into it, but. The fact that you want to bring Nightwish literally made me jump up from my desk at work and like be like, fuck yes. And everybody stared at me like, what? I'm like, and they all know my podcasters. I'm like, someone wanted to bring Nightwish on. It wasn't me. And they're all like, oh, God. Okay. <laughs> they, all, they all know my affinity for Nightwish and my affinity for podcasting. So <laughs> I've tried recommending Nightwish to everybody at work and only a couple of them can get into it. But it's just one of those things. But I am so happy you brought it on because. One, I know how much Chansey loves Nightwish. And two, because it's one of my favorite bands in the world. So, and yeah, it, and plus that let me bring what I brought, which we'll get to in a bit. But what were your top five songs off the album you brought, Catherine? Okay, so I chose Elan, Nemo, Wish I Had an Angel, This Is the End of All Hope, and Sleeping Sun. Those are my five, my top five. Respect, respect, because I mean, okay, well, I brought a lot more than five. I didn't, I didn't pull a Jeremy Chancey. Don't worry, I didn't pull a Jeremy and bring the whole album because, like, man, I'm, I, I, I mean, I, as much as I've learned to appreciate the band, I'm super glad you said that because there was a lot of songs on the album. <laughs> that's, that's part of the reason I didn't because there was a lot of songs in the album, and I didn't want to be here for an hour going through my top twenty-two. But I mean, it right? Is, I and I mean. Some of these I've heard so many times too, though, especially with the, I mean, because this is actually the first time I really listened to Nightwish for like over and over again since we did the bracket back in last March. Because I got so yeah. Nightwish, I got so Nightwished out from listening to it for that bracket that I just kind of like was like, all right, take a step back from Nightwish for a little while and focus on another band for a while. But I was really happy to dive back into them and Decades is the perfect album to do that. And yes, this is a two disc album when you get it in physical form. 
Nice. It didn't do that in Spotify. Yeah. It ain't split on Spotify. I don't know why, but they just didn't. Well, because I mean, it's all digital, so I mean, they just have it. It, it doesn't consecutively. matter. Spotify mm-hmm. still usually has like disc one, disc two for a lot of rock albums. Hmm. I wonder if they do it for Smashing Pumpkins, Melancholy. Would have no fucking clue. To. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll give it a look sometime and think of and figure it out, but it's irrelevant. Sorry. I mean, they um, what's the album you brought last time that had like three CDs to it? Me, or maybe it was you? Maybe it was a guess, but yeah, as I said, I don't, I don't think that was me, bud. Uh, actually, I, I, death the, the death album you brought in a couple episodes ago on Spotify, oh. on, on Spotify that's two discs, they separate two discs. Disc well, are you sure all, it's not? Is it like remastered? Tracks. Well, no, yeah, disc, disc one's all the tracks, and disc two's all the uh, alternate versions and the yeah and so the- yeah it's the it, essentially that i mean that, that's i'd actually prefer it that way for something like that considering you get the actual track list on the one and then all the bonus features on the other one that makes i, I like that that makes perfect sense it does because I, I then i also don't have to go out beyond this point if i'm listening to it for a show but yeah that's why that's why i told you when we had it on there i was like yeah don't worry about this one it's i'm only worried about the actual track list there but uh well, I I love your top five. The one the one that surprised me out of those was Sleeping Sun. Honestly, I mean, yeah, trust mm-hmm. me, it's it's actually it's not on my list. So I I am surprised by that one a little bit. I do, I mean, it's Nightwish. I, I love it regardless, but it's just all the other ones you mentioned. I'm like, yep, yep, and yep. But I'm like Sleeping Sun. All right, all right, I can appreciate it because it's an amazing song, and it's just from a it's from an era of Nightwish that I love, but it's not my favorite era. Like I, I love all their eras, but that's just the earlier era where I'm just like, I loved it at one point, but I like their newer stuff better to some degree until you get their newest album. But yeah, yeah I love Sleeping Sun. It's a very romantic. Uh, it is. Um, also like romantic in the in the yeah Victorian sense of the word, and it's very slow, dreamy. Um, a song I I always loved it since the first time I I listened to it and yeah it's um I love like metal ballads a lot um that one yeah really it's very dreamy I don't know it's I love it it's I think yeah I cannot say I cannot explain why <laughs> it's just I like it it's um well, it changes from oh, that um, energy and upbeat, and then you have that to kind of calm down and relax, and yeah, to have some nuance and rhythm. It's not up here. I like it when in a single album, for example, you can find um, different dynamics um, and vibes. So not all the songs sound kind of the same but each song has a vibe on its own yep. and but it's still they can be independent they work alone very well but then they also make sense in the whole group of songs so that's something that i really like so uh I oh like- yeah i mean that i mean yeah that's that's nightwish overall i mean their songs work together in the albums they put them in or they work just if you're hearing that song like it's a story all, all on its own it's magical and it's actually i totally forgot about this so i looked it up a second ago but there is a music video that i haven't seen in a while but it was on youtube a while back 
it's and it's for Sleeping Son. It's their first singer, Tara, uh, and she's she's playing a Valkyrie walking through like dead soldiers on a battlefield, like singing that song, and it's freaking like, oh my god, it's it'll make you tear up and make you like happy at the same time. It's so yeah. beautiful. But yes, yes, I I obviously since I discovered the band with Nemo, so obviously um, oh, yeah. I discovered first with. Tarja's face, right? And then it cost me a little bit to get used to Floor until I listened to her live. Um, I think her voice really shines live and record recordings don't make her much justice, I would say. And so I remember I would go with a friend in Belgium. There was a, a festival where they were um i don't i don't remember alcatraz festival i guess in belgium uh we were living in lille in france so it's, uh, it's very it's, belgium is a very small country you can cross it in three hours you are already from france uh in netherlands so three hours that's all it takes to cross uh the thickest part of belgium um so since we were living in lille it was very close to us to go there and we went to that festival and I saw them live, obviously already with Floor and it was amazing. And I think they did sing one of my favorite song that they have with Floor, which is Shatter Before the Beautiful, that one. Yes. So that's when I started loving Floor Jansen because you could feel the whole strength of their of, of her voice really um yeah oh trust me i that's I'm, and uh what's going on brian glad to have you watching buddy had a pair of post network right there people and i mean yeah i floor was the one who was with them when i saw him live too and you're right even watching her live videos on youtube like she brings it's her energy when she's live like seeing her perform live when she's pregnant even like oh my god the energy she still runs around with like nine months pregnant is freaking insane like mm -hmm. she lives for her music she always has i mean i've been a fan of her since she was in after forever before she was in nightwish mm -hmm. which apparently they wanted her while she was still in after forever but she'd wait for her contract with that record label to run up but it is whatever it's the way music goes but well chancy what were your yeah, top five uh, I feel like everyone forgets or wants to forget uh, their face with Annette Olsen, uh, which I mm. find sad because I actually think that she's a good singer. It's just that she's not; she was not the voice for that style. See, and I, the, I can debate the that. It's very divided in that regard because many people are like, oh, I don't like her. And then there's a small group of people who are like, I love that face with her. And I truly believe she has a more of a countryish voice that wasn't really shining on that style of theirs at all. So it's not her fault. <laughs> um, I like to remember her, to be well, honest. Honestly, I... I really got into Nightwish when Annette was the became the singer. That's when I really got into them. And uh oh, um, I know it's the poet is the is the poet in the pendulum the name of the album? Oh no, um, this was his song "Bye Bye Beautiful." I think it's with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's that <laughs> album. It's that album. I can't. I'm trying to think of the freaking name of the album. And it's driving me insane. But 
that album and then i mean imaginarium she did imaginarium and that's one of the my favorite albums they ever did i literally brought that on the show for a guy who has never heard nightwish in his life and he was so ecstatic over imaginarium he was like loving it and it's imaginarium is one of their top albums and i think annette was i mean they tailor their music writing to who sings for them at that time so annette did very well for the music they wrote for her she mm. couldn't do she couldn't do Terra songs. That was the issue, because you can't do she couldn't do Terra style. She couldn't do Terra's operatic voice. Mm. Flo, Floor's better at that, so she was able to re-record all the music with her voice, and it worked. And I mean, mm. I mean, I mean, I've, I've heard Annette sing in Phantom of the Opera. No, I'm not a fan of it too much. Floor and Terra doing it. Oh my God, it's like breathtaking. Especially a yeah. terror chorus because she's meant to do that. She's operatic, but yeah, uh, both both Floor and Tarja have classical training, obviously, so they they can do that. But uh, Annette, I think she doesn't. I think she's more into popular singing only. Um, but yeah, uh, I I like to remember her. <laughs> kind of falls into oblivion, which is funny because they really never intended to have uh, that style to begin with. They wanted to do uh, acoustic style of music yeah. at the beginning, and they couldn't find uh, a, a singer. And so the pianist, uh, I don't remember his, Thomas, he... Uh, well, knew... no, Th Th Thomas is, is the um, bass player. Oh. Thomas, Thomas is the okay. bass player on um, oh. the... What the hell is this saying? I know. The, the, the keyboard player, the one who writes jo the song. Joplin, oh, I think his name is. I think his name is Joplin, but. Okay. Yeah. He uh, knew Tarja from, they were from school or something. And he remembered that she was um, studying singing, but he didn't really know what type of singing. So he just called her and they met together and they started singing and doing things and they were surprised and and she and they say she had a, such a powerful voice the acoustic idea they had at first wasn't really fitting in and so they needed a singer so they just changed the whole I, concept of what they were doing and they ended up kind of creating that so which is yeah. uh, interesting it um, is i mean nightwish has gone through so many incarnations of their band and i mean now with uh marco sleeving like I am honestly almost nervous for this new CD, new CD they're recording this year. I'm nervous for what it's going to sound like. Because hmm. without him on lead guitar, I mean, oh my God, it's going to be completely different. Yeah, let's see what, what that brings. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just, I mean, I'll support them regardless, but it's just, I just, I mean, I don't know. They're all getting old. That's the issue. I mean, Marcos was the oldest of them all for sure. So, I mean, he's been great for a long time, so. He was going to leave eventually, but, and I mean, Thomas has still got many years ahead of him. He's a young man and he, but he's a genius. Like he, he actually writes a lot of the music and songs and he's a genius. Like I, there's one album he did, which I'm going to bring in this show eventually. It's more of an instrumental album than anything, but it's based on a Scrooge McDuck comic book. He actually wrote like a Scrooge, the Scrooge McDuck, someone wrote a Scrooge McDuck comic book about his origin story, about how he got rich. And Thomas did a soundtrack for it, and it's freaking incredibly like moving, even though it's very few words. Like it's just, it's moving. I gotta bring it on here at some point. I might be doing it soon, actually. I, I have a guest lined up who I might be thinking about doing it for, but we'll see. We'll see. 
But Chancy, what were your top five for Nightwish? Uh, actually, I even had an honorable main uh, honorable mention. Well, twist so, my name uh, <clears throat> number six was uh, I want my tears back. Mm-hmm. Uh, number five was I uh, wish I had an angel. Uh, number four was the greatest show on earth. Uh, number three was Nemo. Uh, two was uh, Sacrament of the Wilderness. Mm-hmm. And uh, number one for me was the Kingslayer. The ki- the Kingslayer. Yeah, Kingslayer. I'm sorry. Um, my mean, girlfriend, gr- my girlfriend's son's really sick. Yeah. Poor I mean, try, 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 uh, yeah. My, my there's been something around my house for the last week too. But my wife, my wife, my poor wife's got it right now actually. But I had it over the weekend, and now she feels bad for how she said I was acting like a baby. So. <laughs> I was not <laughs> like a baby. I was freaking in pain. <laughs> but, uh, and, but, you know, the Kingslayer would be metal as shit. They should do a song called that. But, right. I mean, all right. Well, Chancey, here's the point where I got to apologize to you because, well, I didn't pull a Jeremy. You brought half of the album. I brought 15. Jesus. <laughs> See, you may as well have brought the whole album. No, I left seven out, dude. Jesus Christ. I left oh. seven out. With oh, Nightwish, that with Nightwish, I almost wanted to cut my wrist for fucking leaving seven out. But oh, I oh. did it because for time's sake and for everything else in the world. And I, if people want, if you want to hear me talk about every song in this album, folks, go back to March, listen to both parts of the Nightwish bracket we did. Because holy crap, there's a lot of Nightwish in that bracket. So, and I don't even remember who, I don't even remember who won. I, I don't remember who won. It was almost a year ago, so I'm foggy in that. I should have looked it up, but I don't know where that book is even, so I'd have to find it. But my honorable mentions, I'll kind of fly through. Number 15 was The Kinslayer, because it is an amazing track. But, I mean, all my honorable mentions are interchangeable in a way. Top five, no fucking way interchangeable. But number 14 is Storytime, because it was Annette's era. But Storytime is just a miraculous song. And you said you want to write movie soundtracks. Have you seen the movie Nightwish did Imaginarium? Mm-mm. You should, you should. It's in, it's in Finnish, so you have to watch it. And it's, actually, no, it's not. It's in, it's in English. I'm sorry, it's in English. It's in English. What the hell am I saying? But, mm-hmm. but I mean, either way. But uh, they did it for for their album Imaginarium. They did that movie too, and Story Time. The music video for that is straight from the movie. So, because the kid ends up in an evil circus, and that's where Story Time takes place. But, which Annette fit perfectly well into that. She looked amazingly beautiful as like an evil queen in like the circus type thing so nice. number third number 13 for me was guess because that is one of the most beautiful songs i've ever heard in my life but it's just not their top five number 12 was the carpenter because it's old Nightwish, very old 90s Nightwish, and but still it touches me somewhere and i mean i like when Nightwish does like religious stories or when they do like myths and legends like the carpenters is the way Tara sings it is fucking gorgeous, and the guitar in that—I mean, the guitar in all these. But number eleven was "Wish I Had an Angel" because that is one of the first. That was the first real album I heard by Nightwish. Was um, no, but it's not once. It's um, fuck me. It's the one. With That's the not the name of it either. It'd be a good name though. But no, ah, uh, it's the one with the freaking 
angel statue on the cover. I can't think of the name. My God, I should slap myself right now. God, I don't know. But Wish I Had an Angel was one of the first songs I heard by them. And I love that. It's like a techno song. And I'm, I'm pretty sure someone did a techno remix. And like they played in clubs like back in the early 2000s. I'm pretty sure. I've heard a techno version of it somewhere. But number 10 is End of All Hope. Because, I mean, yeah, I agree with you that being your top five. Because End of All Hope is an amazing song. It's so like apocalyptic, but like gorgeous at the same time. Hmm. Number nine was Slaying the Dreamer. Because it's just... To me, it's almost like they're doing a tribute to like 80s heavy metal. Like the freaking bass, the freaking uh, riffs in the middle of that. Like it's just fucking like 80s hardcore metal. Number eight is Elven Path because that's one of the first Nightwish songs I ever heard. And I love the Lord of the Rings that they, uh, mythology they put into it. And uh, I mean, it's just, it's what, it's what got me into them. Like that's, that's one of the main songs that got me into them. But Elven Path. Because I downloaded Nightwish back on LimeWire back in like 05, 06 back in the day. And like that's where I discovered them. And Elven Path was one of the first songs I downloaded. And uh, it just was something different from anything I heard in my life for music. So that's what grew me to them. Number seven is Elan because uh, Shutter Before the Beautiful is one of the best albums they've ever done. And it's that that whole album is freaking it was the first album I they, I ever brought on this show by them in our second episode. That's your was that? Oh no, it was second. It was second, yeah. Yeah, it was Gore versus Nightwish in that album in that uh episode because it was just me and yep. Nancy back then. We didn't we didn't have guests yet. So it was it was just Gore versus Nightwish and Chancy loves that album. Li- wasn't it yeah, wasn't it like wasn't that live in Mount Fuji? Yeah, it was live in Mount Fuji yeah. it shot before yeah. the beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean I, I, yeah, Alon's a gorgeous song. I love the music video, how they all like how each member of the band has like their own part of the music video with their music. And like it's, it really demonstrates how good they are separately. And it was the first album that uh, Troy Donnelly came on with his uh, ukulele. And it's freaking, ever since they added that into the band, it's even better. Cause that, that instrument, I never even heard of it for him, but that instrument is gorgeous. I wish I could play it, but from what I understand, it takes decades to master. And my last honorable mention is My Walden from the same album because, I, like I said, that whole album is gorgeous. And My Walden is a gorgeous song. Now, like, like you said, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of songs off that album that should have been the greatest hits. But I understand that's their newest album. They don't want to throw all those in the greatest hits. Like, I get that. My number five, and these are a lot of these are the long songs, but number five was The Poet and the Pendulum because that was the first album I ever heard by Nightwish and The Poet and the Pendulum is a crazy long beautiful song that goes through like three different acts and the dragon roar in the middle of it is just freaking mm, for you get a kid who loves fancy literature and that just sells the heart right there and number four was The Greatest Show on Earth because I know Chancey as soon as he saw this album he was like oh, I gotta listen to that 21 minutes long again god damn it <laughs> but uh, but the greatest one on earth is one of the best songs I've ever heard in my life. And if anybody tells me, like, recommend one song to me, that's usually the song I'll bring up because it's just, it literally is. It speaks so much truth about life that we're lucky to be able to die because the greatest people, there are so many great people that never got a chance to be born even. So it makes sense. Like, it's gorgeous. Number three was Nemo because Nemo from the beginning of Nightwish attracted the hell out of me and 
for the longest time, I thought it was about like Captain Nemo. Like I thought they were like doing another like mythology type thing, but hmm. apparently I found out years later in Finnish, Nemo means nothing. Yeah, so, Nemo, Nemo is a, it's a word that means nothing, no one. And uh, to me, I associated with uh, 20,000 Miles Under the Sea, the book by Jules Verne. And I love that writer. It's my favorite, my, my crush. I love him so much. I have read everything, almost everything that he wrote, even the least known books that he has. Um, mm -hmm. He actually, he's, uh, everybody thinks that his first book was Five Weeks in Balloon. Uh, and that's indeed the first, uh, something that they call Voyage Extraordinaire, uh, Extraordinary Trips, um, Journeys, a series uh, that has to do, have to do with all the adventure books that have to do with some kind of trip, like 80 days around the, the earth, uh, to, um, around, um, to the center of the earth. I don't know the yeah. names in English, but everything that all those very successful books that everyone knows that have to do with the great journey that the uh, main character takes, it's in within that series of extraordinary voyages, trips, journeys, I don't know. And, but the real very first thing that he wrote, the real very first book is called Martin Paz. And it's a uh, totally, absolutely romantic in the literature sense of the word, um, short story that happens in Peru in the time of the colony when it was still a Spanish colony. And it, Martin Paz is about this in indigenous person that falls in love with a Spanish girl. And yeah, that's the real first book of him. So coming back to Nemo, so to me, I always thought about the this character, Captain Nemo in 20,000 Miles Under the Sea, because it's really like this tragedy of this man who got completely out from society and created that submarine to kind of be away from society. And that's a very... Um, recurrent topic on Jules Verne and in romanticism is the idea of this single person that is misunderstood and therefore against the whole society and system as a group and they are misunderstood they kind of out of that of their times let's say and, and yeah so they are the outcast sort of and I do feel that they have this vibe with Nemo like the outcast things yeah. I'm alone, well, you know, well. even in the video is, uh, oh, how I wish for soothing rain. Oh, how I wish to dream again. So it's, um, I don't know, it has something of it, of the loneliness thing in it. I mean, I trust me, I 100% get it. Because like I said, I thought it was originally about Captain Nemo from 20,000 Leagues Beneath the Sea. But I, like once I realized that means no, no, no one, nothing, like I was like, I'm not so the song is literally saying I am nothing forevermore, and that's a whole nother level of depressing and sad and also mm -hmm. beautiful. Like, so yeah. it's like it means so much more when you hear that. And uh, I'm with you, once is one of my favorite albums by them as well. Like, it's it's a the whole album is freaking amazing. My number two track, though, and I mean, I honestly thought Great Short Earth was gonna be my number one, but it got pushed down by three other tracks really fast. And number two is I Want My Tears Back because that is one of the most beautiful songs they've ever done. And I love anything with a 
Irish like beat to it and with a uh, bagpipe in it. And I want my tears back. It's just freaking gorgeous. I ever since I first heard that song when that album came out, I was just like, oh, oh, yes, because that's Imaginarium. And I mean, it's kind of a sequel to. Uh, it's well, actually no, it's a prequel to Turn Loose the Mermaids. That's another song of that album that they did, where like it even says in Turn Loose the Mermaids, uh, tell them tell the mermaids I want my tears back, and like so, it all kind of blends together. Like that album is a lot of imaginary now. The Imaginarium album is a lot of fantasy elements to it. So, and of course, my number one, which is one of the most beautiful songs in the fucking world, if not the most beautiful. And well, always be my number one night which song in a album it's on Ghost Love Score. Because seeing that live, seeing that live was just one of the most breathtaking moments of my life. Like the freaking chanting, the drums in that, like the drums in that song are freaking beyond belief. Just watching the drummer go nuts during like the mid mid of that song is just Oof. I mean, as a drummer, as someone who wanted to be a drummer myself, like that was just freaking breathtaking to see that. And Chanchi's like, motherfucker, I talk about death when I talk about drumming. How the hell are you going to talk about Nightwish? But still, it just, Ghost Love Score is beautiful. And, and the, I mean, the, the freaking line in the middle when it switches tempos, time could never hold our love. Like that's just, to me, it's one of the best lines ever written. And Tara sings that song so beautifully. So it's Floor. Annette, I don't know if I ever heard her sing that song. So I can't say. But I, no, Floor did that song so beautifully. Not as good as Tara. You can't, you can't take Tara's songs and try to re-sing them and make them like her. You can't. It's not going to happen. She is her own element in the world. I love her solo stuff because of how good a singer she is. So, Which if you haven't heard her solo stuff, that's something you should go check out. But... Yeah, I, I did. I, I, I did um take some of these the music that she did after. Um I remember I walk alone. I don't know. Oh, I, I walk alone is a gorgeous song, yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, she has a, a timber that's very unique, even in within the opera. So she doesn't really sing. There's a difference between operistic and lyrical. She's more yeah. into the lyrical. Um, style when she sings because really um, when you try to mix this type of voice with uh, these heavy metal um, instrumentals a truly operistic voice wouldn't fit at all because it's really something it's a technique designed for singing without a microphone and it has to go over a classical orchestra that sounds a lot and you have to be heard. So it's very strong, a lot of chest resonance. So it is good for opera. And if you try to extrapolate that to another genre, it doesn't really work. So she obviously is an opera singer, but she lowers down a little bit and it's more into a lyrical technique that's softer and that goes really well and and floor does the same but tarja has a timbre that's very 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 unique like you hear her and you know it's her you recognize her it's not generic let's say and floor isn't either but tarja is like special uh, in that sense in the timber i mean i mean i've seen her well i've seen both of them in videos saying live phantom of the opera without a microphone and 
they can they can both nail the operatic once without a microphone and hit the full high notes in uh, in the family opera song. Like I, oh my god, the new the new version Floor did with uh, I never know his name, but he did it with yeah. The, yeah, yeah, like, amazing, and he's a great, amazing singer as well. He did oh, a he did. he did a cover of um uh how's the name? Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot the name of oh. that one. Sound, the of, sound silence. of silence. Yeah, sound of silence. Yeah, sound, <laughs> sound of silence. Yeah, that. Uh, I love that song. Simon and Garfunkel. Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I first heard the disturbed version, but. Oh my goodness! Oh. I, I, I love the original version that they did. It's so pure, so beautiful, and then um, their producer put electric guitars and drums on it and and they hated it and i did as well it's like no all the magic of the song of the depth of, of that song it was just perfect with just them and the guitar the acoustic guitar i don't know i love it <laughs> i mean i don't oh don't get me wrong i i i, I well we spent 52 minutes talking about Nightwish. uh much of chancy's chagrin but uh, <laughs> Sorry, not sorry, Chancy. Sorry, I'm not <laughs> sorry. But uh Chancy, why don't we go with the album you wanted to bring next? Just so we can have a little break between the similar bands. Well, oddly enough, uh my album that I brought this week was a result of somebody actually finding me for the most the world's most uneventful scavenger hunt. And you can tell that they've watched a few of the episodes because they know that I'm not exactly like a super fan of the artist in, in question. So they kind of gave me a little bit of a ha-ha gotcha. <laughs> um, but the joke was on them because the there was at least three or four of the songs, three of them specifically, uh, that are actually some of them that I quite enjoy. And that is the American release, which is also interesting because they have an American release and an international release, which have two separate track lists. And uh, it is uh, the Beatles album, Meet the Beatles, otherwise known as With the Beatles with the alternate track listings. One, two, three, five. Um, I, like I said, you know, it's, it's not that I don't like, I, I can respect and understand, you know, the, the contributions and everything. It's just, for me, I just, you know, once they got past the first few albums, it was really, or the first couple specifically, two or three specifically, um, I, I, I couldn't really keep up with the whole out there stuff, but, uh, you know, as a part of, you know, being the guy that started the world's most uneventful scavenger hunt in history, when somebody found me and I was like, well, you found me. So I guess you get to pick an album. I couldn't just not bring it on. <laughs> well, 
it's kind of uh today even politically incorrect to say i i don't like the beatles it's like it's it's like saying i don't know i don't like the mona lisa it's like oh my god how can you not love them and well it can happen um it doesn't take away the fact that they had their importance in history in music history right. Um, yep. it's still different things. Sometimes people get identified with things. And then when you say, I don't like this thing, they, they, they think they are, you are saying, I don't like you. And it's like, no, I right. don't like that for any reason. And that's fine. Um, you are not less <laughs> if you don't like them. Um, to me, I, I love the fact that you chose the Beatles because I, I have a tender love for them because it reminds me of one phase of my life that was really beautiful when here in Peru, in, in Lima, where I used to live before. Now, now I'm here visiting my parents, but uh, in, in, it's like a little uh, beach villages that, that we have here, one next to the other. And in the village next to mine, uh, there is an uh, association. They would work with sea lions and dolphins and penguins, and they would rescue them and uh, heal them if they had anything. And then once they are good, they would release them back into the ocean. And what does this have to do with the beetle? Simply because the, the leader of that group is a huge fan of the Beatles so it kind of became the soundtrack of that episode of my life so I I have a special love for them because of that um, but sadly none of the songs that we used to sing out loud uh, were in that album and I'm, I'm talking things like yesterday oh darling hey dude kind of the most known once i guess well yeah uh, but he was a huge huge fan so he knows all of them absolutely all of the songs um i guess he was just listening to the very well-known ones uh for me yeah. i mean well very well known in the beatles is a whole different thing for where we depends who you're talking to because i mean i mean as for this album you brought pansy i mean once you said it was once you said I'd be happy because it's Beatles, I was like, all right, well, you're right. I will be happy because it's fucking Beatles and I love the Beatles. Like I but unlike you, unlike you, I think they got better after they came back from India and were all fucked up. I agree. I agree because they started doing covers uh, like from Little Richard and people like that. And that's how they started, really. And so kind of building up I mean, their ability. And then they met Bob Dylan and that made them kind of, especially for young Lennon, like, oh, let's get deeper. <laughs> no, I, like. I mean, I like the Beatles straight back from India after they met the Maharaja or whatever the fuck, Maharaja or whatever the hell it was. And they did all these drugs. They came back and they put out one of the greatest albums ever known to fucking man, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Club Band. Hmm. As one, as one of the greatest full albums ever known to man. And I can listen to that album all the way through. And it will be brought in the show at some point. Because it is one of the greatest fucking albums ever put in history. I could, I mean, oh my god, Jesse. Oh, you make me want to with you. But I actually, I couldn't stand a lot of the Beatles early stuff. Because it was all, and I'm going to get to it when I get to our top five. I'm going to fucking get to that a little bit. But I mean, I couldn't stand the Beatles original stuff. Because it was just like, four guys staying on stage like, Dun, 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 dun. Like no, like fucking get some flair to it. Fucking dress in colorful costumes and shit. Like yeah, that's what I want to see. Not four English guys, 
poor British guy sitting there like, I'll tell you something. I want to hold your hand. Like, no, no, no. But what were your top five on your own album, Chancy? <laughs> uh, so uh, number five for me was uh, This Boy. Uh, number four was uh, Little Child. Uh, number three was I Saw Her Standing There. Uh, number two is I Want to Hold Your Hand, which shows just how disconnected you really are. Because, I mean, literally, if you look at the popular music, when they first came on the scene, before the actual, quote unquote, full-fledged British invasion, uh, that was kind of the, that was kind of what it was. Kind of had to take it or leave it, but uh, my it, it actually has one of my favorite songs, and my number one song at that is "All My Loving," which mm-hmm. is a great song. It's mm-hmm. solid. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. But uh, I mean, you're not you're not wrong. You're not wrong about that one. But that would be my top five for this particular album. Well. Catherine, what were your top five for the Beals plus any honorable mentions you might have? Okay, so more than the top, I actually wrote them in the order of appearance of, of the album, so I kind of forgot about the top part of the top five. Um, but the, definitely, um, I Want to Hold Your Hand uh, was the, I have to confess, was the only one I already knew from that album, <laughs> and I really like it. Then the others that that brought my attention where I saw her standing there, all my loving, not a second time. And I would say my number one would be Till There Was You. Yeah, uh, that was a that good cover. Was, that was a, I didn't know that was a cover, but yeah. it, I, I really, it really um, grabbed my attention because it looks, it, it's very different from the rest and kind of sounded like a, South American bolero or something like that, and which I really mm. appreciated. Like, oh, that's nice. That's interesting. And that's why that one is my first. Yeah. All right. Well, and Chanty, actually, that's the other thing I want to say about this album is there were actually a lot of songs that I never heard before on this album mm. uh, that the Beals did. I mean, I know a lot of their, I always knew a lot of their later stuff, like, uh, uh, like Happiness in a Warm Gun or uh you're my best friend like those are that the bl songs like I, I mean i knew some of them on this of course I, I i can't think of the early beatles without thinking about how when i was in theaters in the early 2000s they used like the footage of the women trying to beat down the fences to get to the beatles when they came to america to do the alvin and chipmunks movie but uh that's all i think about when i think about early beatles but i for this i did have two honorable mentions and those are actually the two songs i really didn't know before this my number seven was I Want to Hold Your Hand because I could not put it on the list because it's a classic. Yeah. But it's just like, like it's my least favorite Beatles song. Like, yes, I get it. I get it. It was the 60s, 50s even maybe. <laughs> and I want to hold, and holding hands was considered so wrong unless you were married back then. But <laughs> I mean, so I get it. I get that. Like, I want to hold your hand. But today, in today's world, that's just like, <laughs> you can hold a stranger's hand. And like, they're probably not going to say anything even. I mean, unless they really want to start shit, but number six was all my loving because I, I know that song course and it's a great song. I freaking love that song. And I almost forgot about it. Until I heard on this 
album, but it didn't stay in the top five because some of these new songs I've never heard before actually surprised me. Uh, number five was I Want to Be Your Man, which I, I have heard that one before, but it's been a damn long time. And it kind of caught me by surprise. I was like, all right, I, I like that type of song. Number four is All I've Got to Do. Because I don't think I've heard that before. And it was a really good song. Like, it was... I love Beale songs because, like, a minute and a half, two minutes, and you're done. It's not like... I mean, I love Nightwish, but it's not a 21-minute 21, 21 song. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Number three was Little Child because the harmonica in that song really pulled me in. I love a good harmonica when it's in a song correctly. And... Little Child had a nice little harmonica riff through the whole thing, so I enjoyed that. Number two was It Won't Be Long. I never, I never heard that one either, and the guitar riff throughout that whole song was freaking incredible. Especially, like, in in between the chorus when they do, when he would do that little, like, like, little chord. It was just freaking perfect. I love that song. And number one was I Saw Her Standing There, because another song I completely forgot existed even until I heard it on this album, and I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I know later Beatles and I know early Beatles. I mean, kind of from across the across the universe, kind of cemented a lot of Beatles songs in my head because it's one of the best movies ever. And I believe it's coming out in the evening at the movie soon. But um, across the universe is an amazing movie, and that's what a lot that's what cemented a lot of the Beatles songs in my head. But I also, in my um, intro to intro to music theory class I took in college, we did. A huge section on the Beatles, so I had to listen to a lot of Beatles for that class, and that's where I fell in love with Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band because the professor that was his favorite album too. So he kind of like stuck on that one a lot. But so, I mean, overall, when you told me that a listener picked an album for you because they found you, I was so scared it was going to be some like new modern age pop crap shit. Like, if, hey I, man. I I swear to God, if you brought Taylor Swift out, my I'd be like, "Motherfucker!" If it, yeah. hey, if if it happens, I gotta do it. I mean, I, I can't mean, I, exactly. I respect, it. I respect it. If they if they find you, if they find you in the void, then I you gotta do what they tell you. But it's only right. I mean, I would say, folks, you can get Nude from too, but then I don't want his girl to beat the crap out of him. So, yeah, you're gonna. That's how you end up on a you know episode like Snapped. <laughs> On America's, I say, I say, end up on uh, freaking uh, America's Most Wanted, but they still haven't found Chancey Grife. He has been on the back of the milk carton for twenty five days, and they still haven't been able to locate the body. But <laughs> well, I guess with that, we had our little Beals interlude. Yeah, the intermission. And I, and I still, I still think about whenever I think about the Beals too. I always think about the Tiny Tunes episode where we're like, look, it's the Beatles, and it was like literally like four. Bugs playing like instruments. <laughs> I mean, the Beals are all over pop culture, and it's freaking hilarious. I love it. They've been around forever. And I mean, freaking uh, Paul McCartney still has it. He still has it going on. So, yeah. I mean, Ringo Starr, eh, he has it going on as much as he ever did. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I had to bring, of course. You see, the guest wants to bring Nightwish, which took me for a bit of a strife there because I, it's, that's one of my favorite bands. I'm like, shit. If, I had never been challenged like this. If they want to bring Nightwish, 
what else am I going to rely on to go against a great band like that? And I'm like, well, if I can't bring my favorite symphonic metal band on, I'll bring my second favorite symphonic metal band on. So, of course, Avantasia has been on this show many times before. We will be doing a bracket of them eventually. But I'm like, you know what? I brought on Ghost Lights. I brought on... Why the hell did I leave my head? <laughs> Fuck me. Um, Ghost Lights. Gotta be quicker than that. Moon Glow. I brought on Moon there Glow. There you go. So I'm like, you know what? I gotta bring on Avantasia's newest album, A Paranormal Evening with the Moonflower Society. They just finished up. I'm dying to hear their next, tro- the ne- beginning of the next trilogy they do. And for those who don't know, what haven't heard me say before, Avantasia is Tobias Samets of Ed Guy's brainchild, and he started off as just like a one-off, do an album, done with it side project. And the reaction and reception to his album was so freaking incredible that he had to continue it for what's been 20 plus years now. So, Avantasia is. Right up there with Nightwish for me when it comes to symphonic metal. And they've done, they did an Avantasia versus Arion thing. I want to see Avantasia and Nightwish work together more. I want to see like both bands just collide and do one super album. Like that would be my dream. I'm manifesting it out there, Galaxy. Do it. Make them do it. I mean, and actually, they might, they might be working towards that, honestly, because Floor was on two of the freaking songs in this album. So, and she was on a song in the last album too. And pretty sure Marcos was on a song a couple albums back but so i mean it's just maybe they are working towards it slowly i don't know but i had to bring this album because i wanted to finish off the trilogy it was either this or i was gonna bring i was gonna bring their second album ever and uh finish off the two disc set that was the first albums they put out ever but 
I'm like, you know what? I've been dying to bring this album on for many reasons. I'll get to some of them in my top five, but I love Avantasia, and I'm like, you know what? If Catherine appreciates Nightwish, I am damn sure she will appreciate Avantasia. I, I am damn sure of it, because how can you appreciate one without the other? Like, you really just can't, in my opinion. They're two... They're both symphonic metal, but they're kind of on like opposite end of the spectrum in a way, almost. Hmm. But, but, well, I'll find out now because Catherine, what did you think of Avantasia? Uh, well, I heard about them before. Um, I have to admit, it was a bit difficult for me um, to, like, I. It's not that I don't appreciate them. Uh, it was, uh, I don't feel like it's much my style to be honest but um it kind of reminds me it has some glam element to it well it's i mean it's 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 german hair metal more than like Mm. that that's that's what's been described as to me before and i can i can see that because i mean tobias was from ed guy which was a 90s hair metal band from germany Mm. so yeah yeah, yeah, it feels like that. Uh, in but it, there are songs that I like in in that album. Um, do you want me to go through the top uh, five right now? I, well, uh, first I got first I got to get Chance's review, unfortunately, and I got to tell okay. him stop being a stop being your smug, stop put that smug smile back in your face, bastard. But <laughs> uh but what did you think of this newest entrant of Avantasia in the Muser world, Chancy? Is it a good conclusion to the newest trilogy they did? Uh, I mean, sure. No, it's so uh, it's like, like I was saying before we started, it's kind of a similar element. Like, I respect a lot of the like, especially the the uh, instrumental craftsmanship, like. It's solid. The instruments are solid. Uh, but for me, like symphonic metals, like trying to put your left shoe on the right foot. It's I've just, yeah, I know you can get it on there, but it just don't quite feel right. Mm. But, uh, you know, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give you too bad of a time. Cause you know, well, I've done it. Well, I've done it enough and, you know, well, try and be nice. Be- the question, the other question I have for you is: Did you deep dive on who some of the features were in this one? Um, I noticed floor on a few of them. Uh, I didn't really get much of a chance to do any deep diving on the rest. No, I'm not. No, I did not. Did you not see the name Jorn on like three tracks? I did. Yeah. And I mean, who the fuck doesn't love Jorn when it comes to heavy metal? Because Jorn is a heavy metal namesake, for God's sake. I mean, he does cover of every other of the other heavy metal person because he's such a good artist <laughs> like he is i thought it looked familiar for some reason because i know you've talked about him i mean I'm, I'm honestly not even a huge jordan fan compared to some people but like i respect the man because he fans want him to cover them because he does such a good job with it so i mean i 100 percent respect the man but i'm not a huge fan of his i mean there's a couple others I'm trying to get to my songs, but which actually okay, I guess it's that time. But it's I see, and unlike Nightwish, I only brought four album mentions to this one. I, I, I couldn't even do a full CD for them because 
I mean, this isn't my favorite CD by them ever, by, by no means, but I was very happy with what came out of it. I will say that. My first honorable mention is Rhyme and Reason, which featured one which featured Eric Martin, which I Eric Martin's a really okay, that's who yes, it's who I thought it was, which is the lead singer of Mr. Big, which I've loved Mr. Big since I was in high school. <sighs> to be with you. I said I, I used to send that to girls on AIM in high school that I wanted to date. Of course he did. I did. I was that kind of guy. <laughs> and then I mean Ryan it's there's reasons last is because it's I like it because I like how fast the freaking guitars and everything on. I love Mr. Big's voice. I really do, but I just man, I it, it's sticked in the last place. Number eight is Welcome to the Shadows. Because for an opening intro track, like it's creepy, it's mysterious, and I don't know. As well, okay. I don't know if you know this about me, Catherine, but I am a paranormal podcaster as well. So this album tied right into my fucking genre. So the fact that they're talking about all this spirits and dark stuff, like kind of like ties right into everything I'm about. And even the cover on it had me like giddy as shit when I first saw it. But Welcome to the Shadows is a beautiful opening track intro, which I'm sure Chancey's going to freaking hype that up too because he loves a good intro. And Number seven was um, the first floor track I had to put on here, and that was Misplaced Among the Angels because it's a beautiful song, and Florida does an amazing job on it, but it's not the best song she has in this album. Mm. And then number six was Scars because Jeff Tate, who uh, guessed on it, which everybody should know who Jeff Tate is because <laughs> he's the singer from Queen Search. Queen Search. Am I saying that right, Chancey? Queen's Reich. Queen's Yeah. See, I know what I was saying, right? But yeah, he's the lead singer of Queen's Reich, and he I I like Queen's Reich. I've heard a lot of their music and I've always appreciated them. So and he's been on a lot of Avantage's albums too, so I always appreciate his voice. And it kind of reminded me of uh six AM's like scar song a little bit too when I first heard it, and that's why I liked it as well. My number five, though, is I believe the second song on the yeah, it's the second song on the album the wicked rule of the night with ralph sheepers guesting on it from xandria which xandria is a freaking incredible heavy metal band and i love though how it goes from like welcome to the showers and then like it just bursts into the wicked rule of the night with that heavy ass like scream and guitar and oh it, it's a great real opening track yeah they and, have a female singer called diane von Hughesbergen, right I think so. I mean, I'm not yeah. the biggest. I'm not the biggest Zandria fan, but mm. they come up on they come up on YouTube and Spotify in the past. From doing like just like listening to like symphonic metal mixes, like pre made mixes and stuff. Like they come up, and I don't usually yeah. turn them off because they're usually pretty good. Yeah, it's a funny story about it because I lived in Netherlands for a year uh, at some point uh, in my studies, and I got to be in contact with that singer of Zandria, and she's not with them anymore. She she used to give uh, singing lessons uh, and almost got singing lessons from her. In the end, it wasn't possible because she wasn't that uh, sure about giving lessons online. Uh, yeah. 
which is completely possible. But at that time, before the pandemic, many people didn't know that, which is normal. So they preferred to give the lessons uh, in person. Uh, and then uh, with the pandemic, um, there was another option than trying that. And that's how many uh, people, some of my teachers realized, oh, we can actually teach singing perfectly fine through Zoom lessons or whatever. So yeah, that's the story. <laughs> So yeah, almost got lessons from him. Oh shit, that would that would that been cool. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean the pandemic changed the way the world sees a lot of things. Thank God. Mm. Well, some some were good, some were bad, but mm. uh, but yeah, he was his his lyrics on that his singing on that freaking song was amazing. My number four was the other Floor Jansen track on this, and that was "Kill the Pain Away," because I love the I love the freaking chorus of that song. You gotta kill the pain away. Like it's just uh, like her and Tobias together. Like they sound like they're meant to sing together. I that's why I wish he would do his like guest on Nightwish song. But and number three was a very it's a very advantageous song. It really is, and it kind of goes with one of my favorite songs from their first song, the first album in this trilogy. Um, of course, that's my ah. Uh, well, my number three, my number three was "I Tame the Storm," and I what the fuck's the name of the song? The first time I can't fucking think. Well, the literally the song on the first uh, album in the trilogy, I used to freaking that became another song I would send to girls, um, because it would, but like a more advanced one. Oh, let the storm, let the, let the storm descend upon you. That was the song from the from Ghost Lights, the first album in the trilogy that makes me that. I feel like this song is a sequel to it. I feel like I Tame the Storm is a sequel to that because you let the storm descend upon you and now you're taming it. So, you know, I always said, let the storm descend upon you was like, I was sent to a girl and be like, when I was like, well, way past college, and I'd be like, all right, if you understand this song, we can date. And I guess it kind of like goes from that to marriage is Tame the Storm because my wife Tammy. So, yay. <laughs> <laughs> And plus, I Tame the Storm is a freaking beautiful song, and it's Jorn. Anything Jorn's on, I can listen to because he is such an amazing singer. I've heard him in mixes before. I really got to do a deep dive on him. I really do because I've heard so many things about him in my life, and then the few things I've heard him on have always sounded beautiful. And then number two, and I honestly thought this would be number one for me on this album because it is the theme song for Paranormal New Normal for the last year or so since this album came out. And that is the Moonflower Society, which features Bob Catley, who has been with Avantasia a lot over the years, but he also does a lot of his own heavy metal stuff as well. He, that's the name of his band is Bob Catley. So he's done a lot of heavy metal stuff too that I've heard over the years. It's amazing. And then... My number one, I mean, I can't choose a number one song from a Avantasia album without it being the longest song on the fucking album, because that's just the way Tobias writes these long, melodic, great songs is just beautiful. And he doesn't do them as often as he used to. I mean, if you listen to his first two albums, like they're all like six, seven to ten minute songs. So, but he doesn't do it as often as he used to, but. Arabesque is my number one song because it's just such a beautiful, the way it goes through the different acts of it is just gorgeous. And it opens with bagpipes and kind of closes with bagpipes at one part. And 
bagpipes just have a place in my heart. I don't know why. It's why I love Drunk Murphy's. It's why I love a lot of different Irish music. Like it's just, I mean, I'm Scottish, so I should love bagpipes. So I mean, it's in my blood. But and plus, Jorn and Michael Kiske are on that freaking song. And Michael Kiske has done a lot of my favorite Avantasia songs. And plus, he's also done things with Amanda Somerville, which I love her too. She's an amazing artist who wasn't on this album, surprisingly, but she's been on a lot of Avantasia before as well. And plus, Michael Kiske is the lead singer of Halloween. Halloween is a classic metal band from the 80s that's freaking amazing. So, but Arabesque, I. I, I swore Moonflower Society was going to be my number one song on this from the minute I picked this album because I'm like, it's my fucking theme song of Paranormal New Normal. I play it on literally two episodes a week usually for my other show. But Arabesque is just such a beautiful song, I forgot about it. Because I usually, I, I hear the title and I think of the Nightwish song by the same name, but their song is completely instrumental. There's no lyrics to it. So that's mm-hmm. what I think of when I hear it. I forgot about this version of it that Night had Avantasia does and it's a gorgeous song, so it had to be my number one. But now I'm dying to hear your top five, Catherine. I really am. Because, I mean, I, I know it didn't really blend with you too much. But, I mean, if if you go back and listen to some of Avantasia's first albums, I think you'd like them more, honestly. Yes, I, I for sure will. So um, my my top is actually I have a one honorable mention. Um, nice. the, Mo- the Moonflower Society. Uh, that will be my honorable mention. Then um, number five will be The Wicked Roll the Night. Then uh, Kill the Pain Away, kind of. It felt like a combination. Like It reminded me a little bit of Judas Priest at some point and some Iron Maiden as well. I had the feeling. And then... Well, actually, it's, I- funny, you, it's funny you say that, though, because... <laughs> I mean, well, actually, that one's floor. So, I mean, I mean, but Tobias looked up to all those freaking bands back in the day. Like when he was first starting at Guy, he loved Iron Maiden. So I know that yeah. for a fact. Yeah, because of the the high notes that they do, that the guy does, uh, it really reminds me a lot of, of Judas Priest singer. Well, his and songs. and t- Tom Ripper Owens has been on Avantasia before as like a guest. So, huh? I mean, yeah, so Judas Priest has played a part in. I mean, same as Scorpions have, same as Alice Cooper has. Like, they've all been on Avantasia songs in the past. Oh, nice. That explains. And then I will say I Tim the Storm. I like it. Sounds kind of motivational even. At least I took it that way. Like, the title, I Tame the Storm, is very, like, I control of anything that happens and rhyme and reason as well and my first one is also arabesque i really like that one i like because it all again it stands out from the rest of the songs and has a, it's longer has a development it uses some uh scales that are not used very often i think if i'm not mistaken it's the hungarian scale that that they use it sounds different um yeah so that combination between the bagpipes and that scale that's more has a more of a gypsy almost vibe to it i found it very interesting very original so that's my that was my definitely my my favorite of the whole album all right well i mean it's funny because if you if you take uh 
rhyme and reason and moonfire society and switch them you basically got my top five too so that's the funny thing but i was like oh my gosh she's actually picking like most of the top same top five i did in the exact same order that's fucking awesome <laughs> but and if and if you like arabesque as the best song on this then yeah listen to the metal opera part one and two you'll fucking love it it's it's where he came from and it's it kind of avantasia is kind of going away from what they once wore and it I mean, I get it. You're getting older, brother. You gotta do what you gotta do. But, and I mean, they used to just bring they used to bring some heavy metal legends and symphonic metal legends from Europe. They started off by bringing like European legends on, but then they started bringing like the American legends on, like Alice Cooper or I forget his name, but the lead singer of the Scorpions. He did a song with them, and that song is freaking incredible. Hmm. Do you know it, Chancy? Or I can't. I can't think of it. I, I don't. I don't know what the lead singer of the Scorpions' name is, but I thought that the Scorpions was a German band. Oh, yes. they, they, they are a German band. I just yeah. I was like, I was like, they, American they, Legends. What are we talking they, about the Scorpions for? They they, uh, they, you know, they kind of became Americanized in the eighties a little bit. I mean, they did. You got to admit because they 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 had a lot of success. In the U.S., I guess, but yeah, maybe yeah. Something. Oh, as as soon yeah. as "Rock Me Like a Hur- Rock, Rock, Rock Me Like, like a hurricane. hurricane," yeah, as soon as that came out, it was like forget about it. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't freaking find the song he's on now, uh, even. But I love their two thousands version with the uh, German symphonic orchestra. It's amazing. Uh, what the hell is his name? Uh, oh. Class Mind, that's it. Class Mind. Yeah, he's in. He's in. Uh, I, forget, I forget the name of the song, but it's a creepy song, and he, his voice plays very well into it. But oh, I'm actually surprised. I'm, I'm, I'm. Oh, I mean, this isn't their best album. Trust me. If there's other albums by Avantasia I could have brought on that I didn't already bring on, I would have. But this, my my choices are getting limited with Avantasia Nightwish now, and I have to choose carefully. But <laughs> Chancy. I mean, I almost, I almost actually brought uh, "Within Temptation" because I was like, I wonder if "Within Within Temptation" would fit with "Nightwish" better than "Avenue." Yeah. I'm like, then I'm like, no, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. I mean, I love Sharon Dell, but mm-hmm. I, I just, I'm like, yeah, Avantasia. <laughs> but Chancy, what were your top five for Avantasia? So number five for me was "Kill the Pain Away," and. Uh, Number four was the uh, Moonflower Society. Uh, number three was Rhyme and Reason. Uh, number two was Scars. And uh, number one was also uh, Arabesque for me as well. We had a three way tie. So, Unanimous Verdict, <laughs> the best song of the album. Right? Well, I mean, it really is. I mean, I, I honestly forgot about it because I haven't listened to the CD follow all the way through in like a minute. Like I, I a lot of the songs in the CD, honestly, if they come up from my like songs mix, like I usually kind of skip over them, hoping to hear like something of the Ghost Lights album because the first album in this trilogy, Ghost Lights, is by far my favorite Avantage album of all time. It was the first Avantage album I brought on this show, I'm pretty sure. So it's... Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> It came out, it, it was Amanda's episode, I remember that, but it, she was one of our first non-bastards related guests, but I mean, it it came out right around the same time as Shutter Before the Beautiful came out from Nightwish. It came out like the same year, I think, 
And it's just funny because my favorite album from both bands came out in the same year. I was amazed. And they haven't been beaten yet, really. So, you know, it's just, I showed it before the Beatles saw the name of the fucking album either. I can't think of the name of the album. Whatever. I'm used to that. <laughs> well, folks, you got it. Three albums talked about, one, three amazing albums talked about once again. I mean, I can't hate any of the albums this week once again because, I mean, the Beatles are the Beatles. I can't hate the Beatles. I mean, if I try, I love, I like everything they do. Well, I mean, minus some of Ringo Starr and the All Star Band, all he's doing is playing Beatles hits. But you know, <laughs> what can you say? Not everybody's original. But we want to thank Catherine for coming on the show, and it's been a pleasure having you. And I've been looking forward to this episode for a while. And yes, folks, that 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 song you heard open up the show—that's one of Catherine's. Just so you know, I haven't decided which one. As of recording this, I haven't decided which one just yet. I'm been tossing back and forth in my head for a couple days now and I gotta give a little more of a listen and decide before I edit the episode but that'll be up later this week anyway so no worries <laughs> and where can they find you where can they find your music and everything you do Catherine yeah so I'm asked Catherine Gerard everywhere so it's, it's spelled C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E and then my last name is G-A-I-R-A-R-D and um, you type that on Google and it's my YouTube is written that way, that way, my Twitter, my Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all the same. And my music is on Spotify as Kath Gerard and on YouTube as well with the video clips. Three of them I drew myself, which was quite a, an adventure. Um, so, yeah, mainly YouTube and Spotify for the music. Oh. You you create those videos too? Yeah, three of them. Uh, the first one, Guerra Audio y Dolor, that one I didn't do, but uh, it's very expensive to have those animations done. And then I was quite sad that the other songs wouldn't have an animation. So I was just browsing on YouTube like, Universe, can you give me a solution? And I found a tutorial uh, on how to do animations on Procreate, which is an iPad app that if if it's anyone that likes drawing, uh, they might know that app is amazing, but it's intended for small gifts and things very simple. And somehow I say, I am having an animation from this and I created three full video clips <laughs> from that app. I still, to this day, I, I just know how to draw but I don't know how to do 2D animation. I don't know what possessed me that that day. I just was determined to have animation on all of my songs. And then I made it happen somehow. So that's a result. Well, well one, the, re the reason I was surprised by that is because, I mean, the animation on those is gorgeous. I freaking, Thank you. it's like it's like watching a great anime. Like, it's that's how beautiful, beautiful it looks. But, and two, that's metal as shit to have animation in your video. I mean... Iron Man's been doing that since the get-go. So I 100% love it. Thank you very but, much. And of course, all your all your all your links and stuff will be in the description for the podcast for the listeners. So no worries there. And Thank you. we'd love to have you back on someday as well. Just uh, uh, do another episode. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, at the some point. At some point. <laughs> yes, for sure. But uh sir chance a lot. Where can they find you once you emerge from the void every full moon? Well, 
The world's most uneventful scavenger hunt is underway once again. If you can find me, then you'll have the opportunity for me to bring an album on if I haven't already brought it before. Um, this is my actual first name on Facebook. If you can find me, then you win nothing. Uh, on uh, Instagram and TikTok, it is uh, the Red Eye Roundtable. And on uh, X, it is uh, Red Eye Table. And, uh, you know, on this glorious podcast here. And uh, the Abyss, mostly the Abyss. That's my that's my hang spot, really. You and Cthulhu, dude. You're like just brothers in arms. We tight. The abyss. Yeah, we tight. Do you, do, you, do you just sit on his back like Cartman and like scratch his back and make him all happy? No, nah, we play cards, but he cheats, though. You got to keep an eye on him. <laughs> well, he's the Dark Lord of the Abyss. He, I can imagine he would. But you can, afford, of course, find both your musers on Facebook as Uncensored, Unapologetic, and Untamed. Podcast Collective YouTube Facebook group. You can find us on XX Baby in the Gram as at Juggalo Bastard. You can find us on TikTok as at Juggalo Bastard Podcast. And you can find us on YouTube as Maniacal Music Musings, where you can see our old episodes or you can see us streaming live on Facebook as Parapost Network, a great home for all vodcasts and podcasts of all types. And until next time, we'll be back next Tuesday with another great guest. But we will also be back this Saturday night with Rolling Stones Bracket, Part 4. Come see the madness and the chaos continue as we break down Rolling Stones' top 500 songs. And Jesus Christ, this one's going to be another three-hour one. I always, I can already freaking see it. So be prepared. It's going to be a late night. And then we'll be back the following Saturday with an episode where I believe we're doing all comedy stand-up albums. So that's going to be a fun one as well. But... Until next time, we'll thank Catherine one more time for coming on because she has been an amazing guest and it's been fun having her. Thank and you for having be... me. Oh, our pleasure. And she'll be back on at some point, folks. Don't you worry. And until next time, users out. Bye.